to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yo, what's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Man, week five. I'm, I'm glad we're moving into week five. Week four, week four sucked. I'm getting right into it. I'm not even talking about anything else right now. I'm just strictly talking about week four. Week four sucked. I I hope it was like I always say, man, if y'all had a better fantasy week than me, that's cool. If not, you know, I feel your pain. (sighs) George Kittle, the Eagles linebackers suck. I mean, how do you let this man almost get 200 yards receiving on y'all? Y'all like y'all don't know that George Kittle is the guy that you need to stop. He put up he had he put up about 33, 33 points or like 33, 34 points in my top tier league, man. And like to make it worse is that I had to go up against him. And I believe Matt, yo, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan makes me mad <laughs> because it's like, dude, you going up against the Packers. You know you're going to have to throw the ball. I don't know what they were doing. I guess they got cute. But between George Kittle's monster night and Matt Ryan's flop, 15 fantasy points? Really, my guy? You let me down in He let me down in two leagues, man. I got cooked in two different leagues. My top-tier league, my baller league, um, my CBS leagues was bad. I The game I thought I had in the bag went completely off the rails. Tom Brady explodes, and the guy that I go up against has Tom Brady. I'm like, yo, I can't catch a break, man. All these outlier weeks that guys are giving me, oh, man. If anything, I, I had a good week in my sleeper league, but my sleeper and my ESPN leagues were pretty good. Um, Jeez, I just – don't you hate when you get caught like that? Like, it's week after week with nothing but guys who are having over – overwhelmingly performing weeks. Like we know guys like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, for better or worse, Dak Prescott have has been doing it uh, this year. But it's just like, geez, man, can one of y'all – like Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns against the Ravens, and then next week he has two touchdowns. Like I couldn't get that regular week. Like come on, man, like throw me a bone here. I couldn't get that regular week. I get I couldn't get the two, touch, two touchdown week. Like that would have been cool. If you had threw two touchdowns against the Ravens, but no, nah, you had to go and destroy them. Five touchdowns, like forty something points in 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 my leagues, forty to fifty something points. Like, yo, like slow down, bro. <laughs> but yo, for whatever reason, man, it just wasn't the leagues that I want to win. I'm struggling in right now. The leagues that um you know I'm paying attention to, they're on the radar, but it's not like. You know how you have priority leagues that you're like, yo, I got to win this league. That's what's going on. Like my other leagues are doing cool. You know, they two and two. Uh, I have a couple of three and one and four and oh leagues. But it's like the ones that I really want to win, like to shut everybody up. I'm struggling in. So I got to fix that. But I'm not going to rant on too long. Thank you for coming back to a new episode of the Fantasy Finest podcast. You know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite social uh, social media and whatever you use for uh, listening to your podcast. 
Uh, we're on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and a few uh, and a couple others that you can uh, you know subscribe to the podcast. Hit that button, show us some love, leave us some reviews if you got some time. Um, and you, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at hype underscore finest. Um, I'm not sure I've I've spelt it before, but just in case, it's hype underscore finest p h i n e s t. You can follow my guys Jalen at ace underscore eca four and Mark at McNucks m c k n u x. Uh, it's just it's just frustrating, man. I hope you guys are doing good. Yeah, I hope you have the guys who aren't uh, catching other people in outlier weeks. That is just bananas. But in this episode, we're gonna uh, go into our Thursday night football preview. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, it looks like Brady gets some revenge on Nick Foles for beating him in the Super Bowl. And Nick Foles ain't doing too good. So we'll talk about that later on in the episode. We're also going to get into uh, our starts of the week for week five. I'm going to give you a couple guys who I think are going to have good weeks uh, based on their matchups and, you know, the defenses that they'll be facing. And, um, you know, before we really get into the show, we're going to do some in and out. So, Let's cut the chatter. Let's get right into the show. Are you in or out? Listen to me. Listen. Stop. Stop. I need to know what is happening right now. Okay. Okay. You know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line. Are you in or are you out? In or out of what? Mm-mm. No time for questions. Just action. In or out. Okay. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. All right. So for our in and out question. This one kind of hits home for me because, like I said, I've had I got Tom Brady in my top tier league. So the the question for our in and out segment is, are you in or out on Tom Brady continuing strong play after his five touchdown uh, performance in week four? And I have to say, yes, I'm in. And the reason why is because, well, for my reason is because uh, Brady still has something to prove. You know, he left uh, New England. He left Bill Belichick. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I firmly believe that he wants to prove that he was the reason why they were so successful in New England. Um, And I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick feels the same way. These guys, these two guys are competitors at their positions, you know, quarterback and head coach. Bill Belichick's one of the best head coaches to ever do it. And Tom Brady's the GOAT. So, I think this is just a prelude to what he's capable of doing um, as the season continues. You know, he has a good, he has a solid defense behind him. Uh, he's got to cut down on the mistakes. Uh, he, he did that outside of that, uh, that pick six he threw against the chargers. He comes back and he roasts them for five touchdowns. So I think this is great. I'm not going to say Brady's going to throw five, five touchdowns every week. You know, if he does that, then, Boy, did you get a steal in the draft. But if he, you know, continues the pace that he's going, you know, throwing touchdowns and and lessening the mistakes and, you know, moving Tampa Bay in the direction that they were hoping for in the beginning of the season, um, I definitely do believe Tom Brady can uh, get the job done. You know, he's the GOAT for, the reason, for a reason. So I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, the division is uh, basically up for grabs. Uh the New Orleans Saints are, you know, they're doing okay, but they're missing Mike Thomas. Atlanta, Lord, only 
I can't even speak on Atlanta right now, but Atlanta's in the dumpster right now. They're on four. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, who I didn't expect to have the season that they're having, they're they're showing signs of life. So like, while the division's still up for grabs, I firmly believe it'll probably come down to you know Drew Brees and Tom Brady for the for the division. Um, they, they both of them could get in somehow. Uh, I don't know how this is going to shake out with the COVID situation affecting the schedule, but, you know, because of the, the Titans, we'll get, talk about that in our news segment. But yeah, for the, for, to wrap this up. Yeah. Brady's going to have a good season. He's going to surprise a lot of people like he generally does when he has a good team around him uh, and pieces to use, you know, Godwin's going to be coming back soon. Uh, Mike Evans is playing through an injury, but he's still managing to play at a high level. You have Leonard Fournette, who's been pretty good when he gets the chance to get out there. Like and Ronald Jones and um, you know Scotty Miller, and he has a he has enough weapons to get the job done. So, yeah, I'm buying in on Brady. I'm in. Well, that's enough. So, we're gonna get into our news segment next, man. Let's see what's going on around the NFL. <laughs> News and notes from around the NFL. <sighs> I know people are tired of hearing about COVID, but it's something that we're going to have to talk about even in the NFL now. Um, if you weren't living under a rock, you know that the Titans Steelers game got pushed back to later in the season, but it still seems like there's more news coming out of Tennessee with the Titans. Two more Titans players tested positive for COVID-19. Then Corey Davis was placed on the, t- uh, the COVID reserve list. So I believe that brings the count up for affected players and personal personnel staff for the Titans up to about 20 or 22. That's ridiculous, man. And apparently, uh, per recent reports, these guys were doing practices, unsanctioned practices, uh, back in back in late September without you know permission from the league to do so like come on man y'all know you know that COVID is out there COVID is real this is real and it's affecting people like how can you go out there and put yourselves I'm not even talking about you know you're putting yourselves and your families at risk by going out there and not taking the precautions that you need to they're going to constantly test these guys to make sure that they don't spread it to other players. I don't know what the league is going to do as far as punishments. Um, there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, but because of the because of the testing for uh, COVID under these new players, um, they weren't they aren't able to go into their facility for the week to practice. They have the bills in week five. That game is in jeopardy now as of as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, I believe that they're still on, they're still on schedule to play for week five, but we don't know whether or not they're going to, they're going to move the game back to either Monday or Tuesday, like they were planning uh, with the Kansas city chiefs and Patriots game, which they ended up moving it to Monday. So we still have to wait on that uh, to find out what's going on with that, if they're going to move it. And, you know, this is just something that COVID is something that the players have to take seriously. Like, you know, we already know that Cam Newton was affected by it. He's out for week five. Uh, Stephon Gilmore tested positive for it. Um, 
a Raiders player tested positive for it. Now, fortunately, in that situation, the Raiders continued testing and they all they have all tested positive. Uh, excuse me, not positive. They've all tested negative for COVID after that uh, player was placed on COVID, uh, the COVID reserve list. Kansas City has also tested um, after the news of Stefan Gilmore popping up uh, positive. Those tests have come back negative as well. So at least they're doing the NFL is trying to do the best that they can. This is a ever fluid situation. So it's just it, it just sucks because you, everybody wants to have a regular season. And because of this virus, you just can't do that. Now, moving on, KJ Hamler is out for week five with a hamstring injury. He's trying to work back through the Broncos play the Patriots this week. Lamar Jackson missed Wednesday's practice and Per recent reports, he missed Thursdays too. So his week five availability could be in question. Hopefully he comes back on Friday and he's able to practice in some kind of manner. And hopefully that may be able to save his week five status. Jimmy Garoppolo was able to practice limited on Wednesday. Uh, Good sign for him. Hopefully he's able to return this week. Julio Jones is look, in my opinion, he's looking doubtful for week five um, after re-injuring his hamstring injury Monday night during the Packers game. Uh, He was unable to practice Wednesday. He did some individual work on Thursday, but with the short turnaround uh, from the Monday night game to Sunday, uh, I believe they have a 1 p.m. kickoff. It might be a little risky to play Julio Jones this week, but, you know, before we jump off that bridge, we got to pay attention to the uh, injury report and the news coming out of practice before we make that kind of decision. So just stay tuned. In regards to Julio Jones, the Bucks will be without LaShawn McCoy, who has a grade two hamstring injury. Justin Watson, he's still dealing with his shoulder. And Chris Godwin is still about a week or maybe two weeks out from returning himself. And like we said before, this is Thursday night football. Uh, um, We'll see what happens. Leonard Fournette is also listed as doubtful. Um, We'll probably find out what his status is maybe an hour or two before the game, but it's not likely that he's going to play. So you might want to keep an eye on Keyshawn Vaughn. Might want to do that because it's just Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn at this point. If Leonard is not able to go, uh, Le'Veon Bell is coming back from, or he's trying to come back and play in week five. He was able to practice and he's eligible to come off the IR list uh, for the jets. The uh, jets played the Cardinals for week five. Now, this is this is something that I thought was uh, a little crazy. Dwayne Haskins has been benched for Kyle Allen. Now, maybe maybe crazy is not the word to use, but it's just like, man, y'all, y'all giving up on a dude already. Now, I've said personally that he didn't look good in, you know, over the first four weeks of the game of the season. But to put Kyle Allen in there, it's like, OK, Dwayne Haskins might have been bad. But do you really think Kyle Allen is going to come out there and light the world on fire? And then Ron Rivera comes out and says, oh, well, you know, he's a game manager who could take some shots. And what? What? Are you serious right now? Yeah, Kyle Allen is a game manager. Don't get me wrong. He definitely is a game manager. But it's like, okay, uh, really? I'm going to – I don't know what's going on over there, man. But it's Washington, so anything can happen down there. But – Kyle Allen will get the start for week five and Alex Smith 
will back him up. So if anything happens to Kyle Allen, Alex Smith is going to come in, not Dwayne Haskins. Now, my personal opinion, Ron Rivera is just using Kyle Allen as a sacrificial lamb for Alex Smith. Um, I think, and I've said this on Twitter before, I think Alex Smith is the better quarterback of the three. Um, he just he just does more than the other two guys as far as you know experience and throwing the ball and et cetera, et cetera. The only question is, can that leg hold up in an NFL season with guys dropping around his body and you know taking hits and everything? Can he take a shot in the leg and not you know fold it? Don't know, but he's been cleared for NFL work, so his legs got to be somewhere where it's viable for that kind of you know punishment hopefully but can you imagine the kind of return story for alex smith after going through everything for that leg that would be that would be crazy that would be a good look that would be one of the few storylines that comes out of washington that is like yo man he did it but we'll see the saints game uh could be moved from sunday to monday night because of hurricane delta the saints played the chargers this week for week five and finally, Sam Darnold, Mr. Top 20, right? <laughs> right, Jalen? <laughs> Sam Darnold sprained his AC, AC joint in his shoulder and will miss week five. Joe Flacco will come in to start for him. That wraps up the news. Now let's get into this preview. Thursday night football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Chicago Bears. Dumb Bears. for our feature presentation all right now this game i this is a watchable game and i let me first start off by saying i apologize i should have done the jets broncos game last week week four should have had a thursday night football preview i was just so skeeved by the game i'm like oh come on man like it's the jets the jets suck and then it's the broncos they kind of suck there's some nice players over there but it's like all right well the broncos ain't doing nothing both teams are like oh and four or one and whatever i don't think the jets won a game i don't have their uh their standing in front of me right now but you know it's just like uh and then it actually turned out to be a good game like jerry judy caught a touch to, uh, that touchdown was nasty i don't know who i don't know the defender he mossed to get that ball but oh it was it was ugly it was ugly but that's what you get when you got a guy like Jerry Judy out there. Um, Tim Patrick came out of nowhere, had over 100 yards. Um, Brian Rippon, all of the – I think I said his name right. Brian or Bryant Rippon or whatever his name is. He came out, and he got all sorts of puns for his name uh, <laughs> heading into week five. He was, the, he was the talk of the town, throwing for over 240. Um, but – you know, the injury to Sam Darnold, Melvin, it was basically a Broncos game. You know, the Jets tried to put up a fight, um, but in the end, the Broncos ended up getting it. But I should have did that game, so it is what it is by now. But I won't miss this one, Tampa Bay versus Chicago. Um, we're going to break down Tampa Bay first. Um, like I said before, I think Brady is going to be able to have – he's going to continue his success as far as, uh, you know, performing well. Hopefully – he continues it tonight. You know, I, you can never guarantee anything within the NFL, but you can be hopeful to say the least. Uh, Brady's, you know, we've already mentioned the weapons that Brady's going to be out. Uh, he won't have 
for Thursday Night Football. Fournette's doubtful. Godwin's out. Watson's out. And I forgot to mention this. O.J. Howard is done for the season with an Achilles injury. So you're missing some big playmakers, some guys who can step up or who have been used to step up in a role. Like Watson was coming in. He was taking a large share of snaps for Chris Godwin. Um, but you're losing a bunch of weapons that Brady was using up until this point. So now you have to worry about or you have to think, where do the Bucks turn to fill this void? And this is a huge this is a rather huge void. This is a lot of offensive weapons uh, gone off the table. Um, but before we jump into that, we also have to talk about Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to play. Or he's at least expected to play. Um, barring no setbacks, he's still dealing with an ankle injury. Um, he's going to test it in pregame warmups. And if everything is fine, he's going to be able to play and more than likely be Brady's top wide receiver uh, for the game. If Mike Evans is available and ready to go, the next thing we have to ask ourselves is who's stepping up to fill the void behind the other players that who are injured. Now, we do have Rob Gronkowski. We do have Cameron Brink still out there, which will be the one and two at the tight end position, which one we don't know because we know Cameron Brink's been buried on a depth chart for God knows how long behind OJ Howard. He hasn't really gotten a real snap share um, even before Rob Gronkowski got there. We could see Rob Gronkowski emerge as the new number one, um, you know, basically because I'm still going on the fact that the Brady Gronk connection has to still be there. Um, for whatever reason, the Bucks decided not to really use Rob Gronkowski until this point. Maybe it's because Gronk was still learning the system. He's still getting his feet wet. You know, he has been out for a year, but I can't really buy that. Um, I, I don't know what reason they would have not to use Gronk up until this point, but now they may not have another option. So Rob Gronkowski could be that guy to take over since him and Brady still have a rapport with each other at wide receiver. It looks like Scotty Miller time, man. There's nobody else out there. You still have the rookie Tyler Johnson, but we don't know. We don't know what his, his snaps will be. Um, he's a little lower on the depth chart, but because of injuries, he'll probably see some more work. Um, but Scotty Miller is a guy who has been garnering a lot of attention lately. Um, he had a really good game against the Chargers last week, uh, 70 something yards, uh, touchdown, eight targets. He didn't out snap Justin Watson, but he did outproduce him, um, in terms of targets. He was second on the team in, uh, targets for week four. So that's solid. And even with, I think he still has a role in the offense, even with Chris Godwin coming back. So you're looking at a guy, you're looking at a piece rather that you can get off of waivers. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to our waiver list, you might be too late. But if you are, you know that he was on there uh, back in week two. And I believe he was he was on there again for week five. So if you picked him up, you could stash him. If you're leery of playing him, um, you can hold on to him if you need him. It might be a little desperation heave, but when you look at the offense as it is, it's Mike Evans and nobody else right now. So because everybody else is uncertain, Cameron Brait, we don't know what he's going to do. Rob Gronkowski, we have an idea of what he could do, but he hasn't been relevant in the offense over the first four weeks. So that's still up in the air. 
then we have Scotty Miller, who's basically the last man standing, but he's shown to have a rapport with Brady and he can produce in the numbers that he's been given. He's got two solid weeks, at least over the first four weeks with solid production. So maybe Miller time is the time to key him up. If you want to, like I said, if you want to use him, sure. If you don't, he's a solid stash. And if he starts to uh, gather value through this game, then you have an option of whether you want to flip him or you want to keep him. Um, now let's run into, let's go to the running back position. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a name that I didn't think that we were going to hear from after Leonard Fournette was able to sign with the, with the Bucks, But because Leonard Fournette's hurt, LaShawn McCoy's hurt, and Ronald Jones is the, is the starting running back, he's going, Ronald Jones is going to get the, the start and the lion's share. That's, we're not even debating that. What we're hoping for is production behind him. Keyshawn Vaughn was able to score his first touchdown against the Chargers last week. Um, he has an opportunity to fill that passing role behind Ronald Jones because there's nobody else there. Everybody else is hurt. LaShawn McCoy was supposed to be the passing work, passing down uh, running back, and then he got banged up. And then you had Leonard Fournette kind of in a mixed hybrid role. Like he would catch out of the backfield and he would, you know, take some snaps away from Ronald Jones, which is what, you know, basically everybody feared. But he's not there either. So I'm not going to say that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to split work with Ronald Jones, but we have to we have to wait and see what Keyshawn Vaughn can do. And if he's able to have even a even a decent game, he doesn't have to, you know, blow the doors off. But if he has a solid game where he may be able to sneak in 50 yards, maybe 60 yards total and a touchdown, that might bear some, you know, some eyes on him. He might be a good waiver piece heading into week six because I believe LaShawn McCoy is going to be out for a little while with that hamstring injury. We don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to do, and that's where the real monkey wrench comes in. If Fournette is able to return, then that'll hamper Keyshawn Vaughn's um, upside, you know, heading into week six. But we'll wait and see. Um, I think Keyshawn Vaughn right now is a desperation play. If you're looking for a running back like me in one of my leagues after losing Nick Chubb, you could gamble on playing uh, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn in the hopes that he, you know, at least finds the end zone. Um, in PPR formats, I would probably play him tonight over standard, um, just in the hopes that he gets maybe, you know, four or five, six targets and a couple of rushing attempts and maybe a touchdown dive. But, uh, we'll just have to wait and see if I have to start anybody. I'm starting Tom Brady. I'm starting Mike Evans. Of course, if he doesn't have a, a relapse, if he does, that means Scotty Miller is a major bump. So make sure that you pay attention to the news uh, before kickoff. If he has some kind of setback, Scotty Miller, you have to play. I would say Rob Gronkowski, you have to play because those targets that Mike Evans would have gotten have to go somewhere else. And maybe Cameron, Cameron Bray is a desperation play. But if Mike Evans can't play, Scotty, Gronk, and Vaughn, will probably be assets tonight um, for Thursday, for Thursday Night Football. Now, let's move over to Chicago. <sighs> Nick Foles, it, it all really starts and ends with Nick Foles. Um, you're looking at 
a guy who has made his name on the comeback, the end of the year clutch guy. He's the guy who comes in. He's the he's the he's the cleanup man. You know, everything is going wrong. Oh, let's plug in Nick Foles. And he comes in and cleans it up. He did it against Atlanta. They were down huge. And then somehow, well, not somehow, the Atlanta defense sucks. So <laughs> that's it is what it is. He came in and he brought the Bears back and beat the and won that game. But then he had to play a real defense in the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts smacked him down. He did throw for almost 250 yards and a touchdown. But I believe he had like 46 attempts. That's meh, meh, major meh. So Nick Foles doesn't get an easier week with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, in terms of fantasy, they rank in the top 10 in almost every category in opposing opposing positions, meaning they're good against almost every other position. Now, we did see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give it up against Justin Herbert. But let's be honest. Nick Foles ain't even Justin Herbert. Let's be real on that one. He's not Justin Herbert. Nick Foles is Nick Foles. And before you say, yeah, but Nick won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's That was great. You know, no cap there. But we know that Nick Foles has had issues once he walks outside of Philadelphia. I mean, take your pick. The Rams, he sucked. Jacksonville. He had a touchdown when he got hurt, but he got hurt and he was out for the season. Uh, Kansas City, he sucked. So we know his back. He know we know his track record, and now he doesn't get an easier option in facing Tampa Bay, who can basically you know hinder every every opposing a position. You know, now I'm not saying don't start Allen Robinson. You kind of have to at this point. He's getting so much work. He's getting so many targets. He's a must start even in a bad matchup. But if you're holding out hope that Nick Foles is going to ball, I would say eh, no, no. Or at least I'm not, I'm not putting him in my lineup. Maybe in two QB leagues, if you're in a two QB league and you need an extra quarterback, maybe, but I, I'm, Nick Foles is not the play for me this week. Um, Tampa Bay is tough. I don't see Nick Foles really lighting the scoreboard up. And making it a game, honestly, I feel like Brady is going to make sure he stomps the crap out of Nick Foles this week for, you know, the, you know what happened in the Super Bowl in 2017 with the Eagles. So we'll see. Um, David Montgomery, uh, I think you have to play him as well. He's going to see a lot of volume. Um, he's getting the passing work now that Tariq Cohen is out. But you're looking at an uphill battle with this one. Hopefully he did, he gets an end zone dive, but the Bucks rank in the top six. Um, um, yeah, the top six or the top ten against running backs. So, like I said, the defense for the Tampa Bay Bucks is pretty stout. Um, wide receivers too, tight ends, you name it, the Bucks can try and stop it. So, it's just just know what you're getting into. Jimmy Graham, I'm not playing. Nope, um, I look for better options than Jimmy Graham. Um, the only one I'm probably playing out here is maybe David Montgomery and Allen Robinson out of the group. And that's Robinson's Robinson's a start, you know, irregardless of what, what the defense will do. Um, David Montgomery is, he's a flex option at best, 
but this is not a good matchup for David Montgomery. So, you know, that's my that's the wrap up for this uh, Thursday night preview. Now, let's finish up. Let's finish strong. We're going to go into our starts of the week. Let's get it. The finest starts of the week. Start it up. Start it up. Start it up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Now, what I'm going to do this week, and I think I'm going to keep it this way. I'm going to take two positions um, out of each. I'm going to take a position and give you two guys in that position for each for for a game um, for week five. And then, you know, per usual, I'll do the rest of my uh, I'm at a loss for words. When am I ever at a loss for words? I'm going to give you the rest on my article for the week for our starts and sits. So, because I don't want to give you everything. If I gave you everything in the podcast, you know, then it'd be like four hours long. <laughs> it ain't going to be four hours long, but it'd be too long. You know that. So I'm going to give you a couple guys um, at each position um, who I really think this week they have a really good matchup. Um, that you have to put in your lineups. Um, and, you know, check out the website at thefantasiesfinance.com for our Starts and Sits article for the week. Duh. All right, so let's get into it. Quarterbacks, I got two. Kyler Murray versus the Jets. This is a good matchup to me. Um, I think this is a bounce-back game for Kyler. He didn't do too well against the Panthers last week. Um, but, you know, he has the ability to move his to use his feet. Um, he's a pretty good passer. I think one of the issues that he had last week was that DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. Um, he was dealing with his ankle injury. He didn't, he wasn't able to practice, um, leading up to the game at all. But now, uh, per recent reports, he's been able to practice Wednesday. No, he wasn't able to practice Wednesday, but he did practice Thursday. So ahead of week five's matchup is a good sign. Um, he's on a, and of course, Hopkins is on track to play, but he could be in a in better shape than he was um, in week four. So that bodes well for Kyler Murray. Um, I really think that this is a potentially big game for Kenyon Drake. For the love of God, can somebody throw Drake some passes? For whatever reason, he's not getting any passing work out of the backfield, which is a huge head scratcher. They need to get him involved in the passing game. It doesn't have to be downfield, but for the love of God, just throw him the ball out of the backfield. That's what he needs. That's what will get Drake growing because the offensive line for nothing has changed for the offensive line for it seems like for the Arizona Cardinals. It's still on the bad side. So how do you get a running back going when you can't run the ball effectively behind that offensive line? You throw him some dump offs. You give Kyler Murray some check downs. Kyler shouldn't have to look downfield and try and hit the guy 20 yards. I mean, even though it's DeAndre Hopkins most of the time, but still give, give Kyler Murray some check downs, get get Drake into the game. And then you work it from both sides. Now Drake is a runner and a pass catcher. He's more effective that way, but solely as a runner, he's not doing pretty. Uh, he hasn't been doing pretty well this year up until this point. You want to get Drake involved. Because the Jets just gave up 107 yards to Melvin Gordon in week four. They're giving up 
fantasy points per game to your opposing running backs. So getting more involved. That'll help Kyler Murray out. And I think Kyler Murray takes over um, and has a good game against the Jets. My second quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, you know, if you've been watching the games, the Atlanta Falcons outright suck. I mean, I've said it before in the podcast. They are trizash. They horrible. They, they, I can't use another word to describe how bad they are, but the Falcons are giving up a huge amount of points to opposing quarterbacks, the most in the league. Now, to be fair, they did play Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Nick Foles, you know, a little bit, but then they had to go back and play Aaron Rodgers. Those are, those are at least the top 10 in fantasy among QBs right now. So, you know, you got, you want, if you want to cut him a little slack, fine, but this is still a strong enough game where Teddy Bridgewater can have a decent game. And he's shown some wheels using his legs um, last week. He had that, uh, what was that, a 24, 25-yard touchdown run? Solid. He can use his feet a little bit more, encompassing that with his arm, and Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a good game. Um, I, I would be shocked otherwise if he doesn't, but... You know, we'll see how that goes. But Teddy is my man for this week heading into week five. Now let's head to the running back position. Excuse me. Um, I'm really going to – I might shock people with this one, but Antonio Gibson versus the Rams. Now with Kyle Allen coming in, um, I fully expect a whole bunch of check downs. Kyle Allen is not a guy who's going to be chucking it all over the field. Um, we saw that last year when he was in Carolina. He couldn't hit Curtis Samuel f- to save his life downfield. But the players that benefited the most were DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. So I fully expect Gibson to be used similar to how Christian McCaffrey was used last year with the checkdowns, with the dump offs, with the short passes. Gibson is going to have, I'm expecting Gibson to have a better week with Kyle Allen than he has had with um, Dwayne Haskins. Maybe not outside of last week, because last week was pretty good. But we before that, we haven't really had a reason to put Gibson in our lineups. But I'm going to expect – this is what I'm expecting. So Antonio Gibson is going to play a, you know, a tough Rams defense, but they're giving up – and they are giving up 19.1 fantasy points per game to running backs. That might not sound like a whole lot, but the Rams are still kind of in the middle of the round, middle of the pack as far as uh, defending the run, so that's not bad. Plus, Antonio Gibson is in a similar situation like James Robinson is for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they try and do a little running back by committee, but we've seen over the weeks that that doesn't work. Gibson is the man; he's going to get the work, he's going to get the targets. We just have to hope that he uh, it turns into production. But I'm rocking with Antonio Gibson this week. Um, I think he's a good start, even against the tough Rams defense. And like I mentioned before, Keyshawn Vaughn versus the Chicago Bears. Now, like I said, this all hedges on if Leonard Fournette is ruled out. Because if he's ruled out, the passing work becomes available to Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, like I said, it's still a stretch because he's still playing a a pesky um, Chicago Bears defense. But if Brady can use him in the passing game and they rely on Ronald Jones to soak up the rushing attempts, Keyshawn Vaughn could be a viable option 
If you really need him, if you really need him, I'm not saying put him in your lineups just because, but if you need a running back, you're desperate because of injuries. If you lost Austin Eckler, if you lost Nick Chubb, if you lost, you know, Le'Veon Bell, if he doesn't come back or, you know, you don't find out if Le'Veon Bell is coming back in time, Keyshawn Vaughn could be a guy you could turn to if you haven't had any success on waivers. This is this is how far I'm telling you that it's a stretch. This nothing is guaranteed in fantasy, but it's even further when you have to when you're trying to pitch a Hail Mary. And I, I that's a bad analogy. Pitch a Hail Mary. I'm sorry. The strike that from the record. <laughs> but the 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 synopsis, not the synopsis. Man, what am I doing? I'm choking up words. The point is Vaughn is a stretch. But he has an opportunity to do well this week with all the injuries that have taken place for the Bucks. The ball has to go somewhere. Vaughn could be a beneficiary to the fact that everybody else is hurt. So if you have an opportunity, if you were able to scoop him, maybe he could be a, a valuable asset later on too after this week. But we'll have to wait and see on that. For now, um, I'm going to start him. I'm starting him in my CBS league. If you don't believe me, I will post the league myself and I will post it when the game starts. But I do have Keyshawn Vaughn in my lineup. Um, I'm putting him as my running back two, And I'm across my fingers. <laughs> but the Bears are giving up 19.6 fantasy points per game. Um, and they're giving up a total of 134, excuse me, 134 total yards per game to opposing running backs. So there's some wiggle room there. Um, and I think Brady starts to trust him because, you know, Brady, you know how Brady is with rookies. Um, just asking to kill Harry, <laughs> but Brady was able to use Keyshawn Vaughn as a pass catcher last week. That could be the start of something. And I know it's been said, you know, I, I know it's been said about how Brady views rookies, but this is something that we have. You always have to pay attention to certain things. And with Brady, I think you have to pay attention to who he likes to throw the ball to, who he's using and who he's targeting, and, you know, continue to watch those things and compare notes. Like I said with Scotty Miller, the, he, Miller could be a guy that could be an asset later on in the season. But right now it's kind of up, it's kind of volatile, you know, because injuries, because players are coming in and out. But we're starting to see Miller separate himself from guys like Justin Watson and Tyler Johnson. So just hold on to your hats and keep 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 paying attention to the things that are going on. Now let's go to the wide receiver position. I'm going DJ Chark uh, versus the Houston Texans. Um, Chark is to the passing game for the Jags as James Robinson is to the run game for the Jags. The volume is so the volume is there, and we got a chance to see the volume return to normal for DJ Chark. Um, last week when he came back from that chest injury, he had nine targets in week four. He had uh, eight catches, a touchdown, and almost 100 yards, I believe. So uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be looking for him early and often. Chark is the man at the wide receiver position for the Jags. He's going to get the most work. The Texans are giving up 21.3 fantasy points per game. Um, And like I mentioned, Chark is the focal point for the passing offense. I think even in a tougher matchup, he's still a safe um he's still a safe play because of volume. 
and his usage and turning that volume into production. So I'm cool with uh, starting DJ Chark against the Texans. My second guy is DJ Moore versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, DJ Moore hasn't been able to do anything probably after week two. He's got one good game sandwiched in between two bad games. Um, And for whatever reason, it's kind of odd. I know Robbie Anderson has been killing it in terms of targets, but it's like they just completely forgot about DJ Moore. He had 13 targets in week two, and then they dropped all the way down to four in week three, and then six in week four. So it's like, what's going on here? Because you're not throwing the Curtis Samuel like that, I don't believe. Ian Thomas isn't getting work. Now, I do. <laughs> they've been throwing to Mike uh, Thomas a whole bunch. I believe he had eight eight targets in, uh, was it week three? And, so you know, he's getting a boatload of targets out of the backfield, you know, which bodes well for Christian McCaffrey when he comes back. But it's like, come on, man. You can throw downfield a little bit more. DJ Moore is a good wide receiver. It's unfortunate that he's having a slow start, but even against an, a defense like the Falcons, Moore should be able to bounce back in this game. Um, the Falcons are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. This is a game, even with a nominal target share, like maybe six to eight, as opposed to what Robbie Anderson has been getting. He's still a solid start. I know it's hard because he hasn't really done anything, in in totality up until this point, but Moore should be a good play this week. Um, I'm trusting him to get the job done. And Moore is averaging about eight targets a game. Like I said, he did have 13 targets in one game. So maybe that's probably why the average is a little higher than what it, it probably would look like if he was getting other shares over the same course, but eight averaging eight targets a game, you know, you just hope that this time, even against a bad defense like the Atlanta Falcons, more can turn it into some real production this week. Now to the tight end position. Remember we talked about those Eagles linebackers? Well, guess who they get this week? Eric Ebron versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Did I say that the linebackers for the Eagles stink? I did. I did say that, right? I, did, I said that. Yeah, I said, I said that. So... <laughs> Before you say, oh, well, you know, they did have two pretty decent games against the tight end position when they played Washington and then they played, uh, who was it? The Bengals. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Who, who is, who are the tight ends for those teams? Logan Thomas and Drew Sample because Ozma is hurt. He's out for the season. So don't give me that. Don't give me that. Don't do that. They played two out of those four games. They played two, let's say, top 10-ish because Higby is top 10-ish depending on who you talk to. Two top 10 tight ends and Higby went off for three touchdowns and, and George Kittle nearly had 200 freaking yards. So don't do that. Don't do that. The linebackers are not good. They're going to have to cover Eric Ebron and the Steelers have one of the best wide receiver groups in the league. In my opinion, you got Juju Smith-Schuster. You got uh, James Washington. You got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. And for the love of somebody get this man on the field already, man. Like, come on. I need Chase Claypool to blow up already. Like, can we get this going? 
no no disrespect to James Rob James Washington, man. Like he has been playing pretty good so far. But come on, my guys, get Claypool out there. He's a total mismatch problem. Those short wide receivers cannot deal with this dude. But when you look at all of the weapons, and then you got James Conner coming out of the backfield. We really on pay okay, I'll say this. On paper, it looks like the Eagles don't have a chance. But we saw how they beat this, the San Francisco 49ers, who I didn't think they had a chance with either after they balled up the Giants. But that just shows you the difference between the Eagles and the Giants. The Giants, the Eagles suck. The Giants are straight trash. Straight trash. They've been getting balled. They've been getting folded like lawn chairs for the last four weeks. But Eric Ebron has an opportunity to play against the Eagles this week and have a solid game. Um, we know that Big Ben and Eric Ebron have been gelling over over the first four weeks. They got a bunch of rest because they have a COVID. They had a COVID by last week, so they're coming into the game fresh with extra time to prepare for the game. Um, meanwhile, the Eagles are still dealing with injuries. I believe they lost another linebacker, um, and I think another corner. They're still dealing with injuries along the offensive line. They still have to deal with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree to say the least. And Carson Wentz hasn't looked like himself at all this season. So Eric Ebron has an opportunity to get, do the dirty work. He's going to get those short passes. He's going to be an end zone threat. He's going to be a red zone threat. Um, I would play Eric Ebron versus the Eagles and not look back. The Eagles are giving up the third most fancy points to opposing tight ends. And basically, they're going to have their hands full trying to cover all those wide receivers. You have Darius Slay. The question is, for that, who's Darius Slay taking away? Because when you look at the wide receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the obvious answer would be Juju Smith-Schuster. But Juju plays out of the slot, or he can play out of the slot. If you take away Juju, you still have to deal with James Washington speed. You still have to deal with Deontay Johnson, who can basically, you know, he's getting a lot of targets out of the out of uh, the Steelers. And then you have the mismatch if they decide to go to Claypool. That's a lot of wide receivers. And let's be honest, the Eagles secondary has not played well. So I don't know what you do with that. I guess you just go for the name and you take care of it. You put DJ, uh, Darius Slay on there and you tell him to lock him up. But we don't even know if it could, you know, Ben could target Slay and say, hey, let's see how he hold up. But you don't even have to do that with all the options that you have with the Steelers. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But if you start, I'm starting Eric Ebron and I'm not looking back. Uh, I feel comfortable in the, in the matchup um, and we can go from there. My next guy is Hayden Hurst versus the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is a tougher matchup. Um, you know, the the Carolina Panthers, I believe they rank in the top 10 as far as guarding the position, um, the tight end position. But you have an opportunity for Hayden Hurst to have an uptick in uh, targets because, I, like I said before, I don't think Julio Jones is going to be available um, unless he starts to get some practices in. Individual work and missing Wednesday is not a good start to the week. Um, they play on Sunday at 1 p.m. And if you don't have Julio Jones, those targets got to go somewhere else. You have Russell Gage, Russell Gage. You have Calvin Ridley. Who had a who? How do you have a donut 
How do you put up a donut, Calvin Ridley? You're too good for that. Puts up a donut against the Packers. I I couldn't even see. I thought I was. I thought my phone was broken. I was refreshing the joint, and it was like zero, zero, zero. I'm like, he's got like six targets. What's going on out there? You mean to tell me they put the clamps on on Ridley before Julio went out? I was scratching my head on that. I couldn't believe it. But those targets got to go somewhere if Julio Jones is unable to play. And then even if he does play, he could just be a decoy because I don't feel like he was able to recover fast enough. I would be shocked. But if he if he's not able to recover fast enough um, to, you know, be his regular self out there, um, it's, it's a risky business to start him. And that's for the Falcons and for your fantasy team, because you don't want him to lose uh, to go out of the game like he did before. So Hayden Hurst should see an uptick in targets, even in a tougher matchup. Um, that's more opportunity for Hayden Hurst to get into the end zone um, and be viable for your fantasy team. I know Hayden Hurst has been a little frustrating as of as of late, but I still think he's considered a top 10. I still, still think he's ranked as a top 10 tight end up until this point. And maybe a couple more touchdowns to change that. But Hayden Hurst is still a start. Um, if you don't have a better option, I would say start him. Like for me, I have Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. So I'm plugging in Dalton Schultz this week. Um, in, in areas where I don't have a better matchup, um, I would start Hayden Hurst. So it's up to you. I still think Hayden Hurst has an opportunity to do something this week, um, even in a, you know, a, a worse matchup against the position so we'll see how that turns out but that's it ladies and gentlemen this is the end of the episode thanks for listening make sure you check out the fantasiesfinance.com for our articles the injury report just went up uh earlier today it will be updated until saturday saturday night and then make sure you're following the fantasiesfinance.com i'm sorry not the fantasyfinance.com make sure you follow the twitter account for up-to-date information heading into kickoff on sunday and um, follow our IG, too, because I like to update both um, at the same time. So either the IG, follow the Twitter account first, at Fantasy's Finest, and then pop over to the IG just in case you missed anything if you favor IG over Twitter. But that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Uh, be sure to check out um, thefantasysfinest.com. I know I keep plugging it. I got to, you know, I got to keep plugging it. Come on, man. Thefantasysfinest.com. Um, for our articles and for our starts and sits, our injury report um, and waivers. Make sure you stay up on that. And um, hopefully this will lead you to a victory. That's all we want. Take it easy, guys. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.